the truth, the whole truth, and nothing How but does the, the defendant truth. plead not guilty. The law pretends to be so politically correct, but really it's an incredibly sexist world. I was really shocked. The lawyer turned out to be a woman. Guilty. guilty. Hello, I'm Gary Slapper, professor of law at the Open University, and with me is Francis Gibb, legal editor of the Times. A hundred years ago, women played virtually no role in the law or the legal machinery. By contrast, today women occupy a very significant position in law. How far, though, does that adequately reflect the experience of fifty percent of humanity? Well, Gary, it's a very good question. I think, as you say, a hundred years ago, women were virtually non-existent in the law. So. By comparison with that, yes, they've come a very long way. But also, they are still very poorly represented at the top of the profession. And we have had in the last few years the first woman president of the Law Society in 2002, Carolyn Kirby. We've had the first woman chairman of the bar. We've had the first woman in the Court of Appeal. And we've had the first woman and do still have the first woman, Brenda Hale, in the House of Lords and now, as it is, the Supreme Court. But those are actually still very tiny mm. figures, aren't mm. they? Yes, yeah. It seems to be backed by empirical evidence that girls tend to do better than boys in high school. It's certainly true on the last uh, tranche of empirical research to say that females do better than males at university. There's a higher proportion of uh, firsts and two ones awarded to females and awarded to males at uh, British universities. And at the point of entry to the legal professions, there are now equal numbers of females and males. I actually think there are slightly more women now entering both branches of the profession than men. Mm. The big question is then what happens? Mm. And are they facing discrimination or are they finding something about the legal profession and the lifestyle and the the way of working that's not palatable to them? Mm. The the evidence looks like that is the case of about 1,500 QCs. I think only about 160 are female and uh, the last appointments round in 2010 of 129 people appointed only 20 were female Uh, it looks like there is something dissuading people uh, from applying only 40 or so people applied for those 20 successful places that's right so when we talk about progress of women in the law. Yes, you can measure it from the very poor state, whereas you said at the beginning, women were virtually not seen. And you can say, yes, they've made great strides. But what's going to happen now? It almost seems to have kind of hit the buffers, doesn't it? Mm. I just heard Baroness Kennedy, Helena Kennedy, the other day talking. And of course, she's a great criminal barrister and a great feminist and so on. And she was recounting her early days at the bar when you would be the only woman in chambers very often. Or some chambers wouldn't take women at all. Mm. They'd say, we don't do women. Or mm. they'd say, oh, yes, we do women. We've got one. <laughs> and it's still a bit like that. And she was making yeah, the point the Supreme Court is still like that. They mm. do women, but they've got one. Mm. So where are the others? It must have effect or there must be the absence of an effect of that experience, which you could say is 50% of human experience from informing decision-making. And I suppose people could say, well, human experience is human experience. It surely doesn't matter 
what's the sex of the person making a decision if it's human experience. Eleven good men and one good woman is the same as six of each gender. Do, do you think that's a convincing argument? No, I don't. I think it's a bit like the House of Commons. That it is a very male atmosphere. It's like a male club, mm. particularly the bar. And I think women have to reach a critical mass before you begin to slightly disturb that. I, I remember, again, Eileen Pembridge. Now, she was the first woman law society council member, if I'm not wrong. And there were no loos for her to use. And they had to actually install special loos in the law society. I know that's just a, mm. a physical manifestation, but it shows how it was a very much a male club and they hadn't contemplated what mm. to do. It's a bit like women in the robing rooms, you know, where are they to change? Mm. Although I don't think these changes are necessarily particular to the legal profession. Mm. No, I, don't, I think that's a very interesting point. It's also uh, borne out by the experience of Brenda Hale. She said that the House of Lords corridor, when they were there, didn't have any female toilets. She's observed in some ways to, not to be... F- made to feel welcome and uh, to be a part of something natural must have an effect and even if you as I'm sure she did uh, overcame that particular difficulty it's still something which is unnecessary anachronism It's emblematic isn't it of the kind of complete atmosphere and so even a, a small number of women has actually changed things a bit but I think in greater numbers, it will change not just the whole atmosphere, the way that place works, and this is the same in any workplace, but perhaps the content of the law as well, the way things are looked at, don't, don't you think? Yes, I, I can't imagine that the way that law in relation to things like custody and divorce and separation, the distribution of property, would have developed in the way that it has done if this had been an exclusively male preserve over the last uh, 50, 60, 70 years. I think that there is a discernible impact of the female mind and experience on the law. And in a way, it stands to simple reasoning that if the experience of women, which is demonstrably different from men in in many key respects, is not part of legal reasoning. For example, in the old law of... uh, provocation for a great many decades running really into centuries it was the law that uh, if a man caught his wife in bed with another man and he killed that other man and or the wife he would have a defense of provocation whereas the exact obverse situation if the wife caught her husband with another woman she could not avail herself of that defense Mm. a a a demonstrably indefensible position but one that the law adopted and you can't help think had there been females on the bench that would not have uh, occurred in that way. I think that's right. I think having Brenda Hale with her background in family law will have an impact over time in the Supreme Court and already not in that area but in judgments when you read her judgments she sometimes is the only one who actually focuses Mm. on the personal aspects Mm. Uh, I've noticed that before and it's interesting, it's just a different way of looking at it Mm. and is every bit as important a valid uh, segment of human experience as as Mm. the male part. But just to come back to your point about um, why more women are not reaching these levels I mean, why do you think... I'm not sure now that there really is much discrimination. I'm sure there's a bit, but I think it's more to do with the nature of the job. For example, if you're in the bar and you've got to try and be self-employed and run a very busy practice and then you've got to look after small children, those kinds of problems, going out on circuit if you apply to be a judge. Mm. What do you think? Absolutely, I I entirely agree. Whereas some parts of the uh, working environment in society at large, in organisational work, for example, can cater reasonably well to people who want to have 
have flexible working time and adaptable arrangements and job share and that sort of thing. I think it's much uh, harder to transpose those sort of flexible arrangements into the world of the individual professional. And there was uh, research from uh, King's College London in 2010 from Professor uh, Janet Walsh who interviewed 800 women that suggested that nearly half, 44% of the people that she spoke to had thought that utilising flexible working arrangements, your, your rights, if you like, at work, was itself a reason among the higher officers of a firm, the, the partners, for... Um, having a negative impact on promotion. Yes, so on the one hand, you get the right or or companies provide flexible working or part-time working, but then if you exercise the right, it's held against you or so women perceive. So you are in a a kind of double bind. Having said that, and I think obviously we often still see cases of sexist allegations made from women in the city or whatever, big city firms, those still happen. But I think generally workplaces have improved and that's across the board. I mean, in, in my own workplace, I... We don't any longer have the kind of people who I can remember one in particular who used to take great delight in pinging my bra strap. Well, those <laughs> kinds of people aren't in the workplace anymore. <laughs> they wouldn't, they'd be drummed out, I think. Yeah, yeah, the attitudes have changed. I think it's, uh, it's a very vivid illustration of how far that we've come from a social circumstance where that sort of behaviour or bottom slapping or something would have fitted into the general way of doing things and wouldn't have been regarded as improper by probably a majority of people to a time where it would be quite an egregious way for anyone to behave, bordering bordering on the illegal. Exactly. I mean, we all have heard of horror stories about the way pupils are treated by their pupil masters at the bar. These are trainees. But those kinds of instances, which still exist, and I think a recent report on pupillage found one pupil was required to go and sit at her pupil master's home to wait for a plumber to arrive. Those (laughs) kinds of instances, I think, are the minority, very much the minority now. But I do think that despite that that improved kind of atmosphere and improved attitude, the actual job is sometimes not in the law, is not very conducive to women. Mm. And we've just mentioned, and the judiciary in particular. Mm. Yes, because it's still the case that the higher up uh, the judicial pyramid you go, the fewer women you find. And so the atmosphere is uh, more intellectually rarefied, but only with 50% of human experience reposing in that uh, apex of the pyramid. Oh, you know, going out on circuit involves staying away from home for up to six weeks at a time in a Crown Court centre. It might be mm. Newcastle or Swansea or something. Well, if you've got small children, that mm. really is mm. impossible, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah. so there are things like that that I think have to be changed before they're really going to make the career attractive to women and get more women up at the top levels. Thank you so much, Francis. This is a podcast from the Open University Business School Law Programme. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk slash law. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.